Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce. I'm the video and learning learning and video ambassador for TechSmith here. Today, we are going to be having an episode talking about common video mistakes, and particularly the mistakes I make. And the reason we're going to be talking about this today, if you're listening at home or wherever you're listening from, is because I think it's important that we acknowledge our mistakes. And, you know, it's one of these things, there's this world kind of view of perfection, especially when it comes to what we put out on the internet and social media, on our web pages, things like that. And, you know, perfection's hard and it's hard to be perfect all the time. So I want to talk about some of the mistakes that I'm commonly making that I'm still mistaking, I'm still making, even as I speak, about because here's the thing. The way we're going to get better, you're going to get better about making video is by talking about these things. So working through the problem. So we'll do that. But before we jump into that topic today, uh, first things first, don't forget to like, subscribe to the YouTube channel or to the podcast. We love that you're listening. Thank you so very much. If you've got comments, questions, drop them in the chat. If you're listening to the podcast afterwards, you can always email us at thevisuallounge@techsmith.com or find us on social media. You can hashtag the visual lounge or at TechSmith and pretty much any platform and we'll be there and that will get to me and we can answer your questions or help you out or figure out how to make you a bit better video editor or image creator. So with that said, let's talk about mistakes today. And that's what we're going to do. Like you'll notice that this show, we often are making mistakes. One, because it's live. I'm going to say stuff that, you know, it's like I'm going to slur, stutter, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but we're not talking about live video today necessarily. What we're talking about is when you go to make your edited videos, what are some things that, and these are particular problems I have. Your problems might be slightly different. If you've got them, drop them in the chat. We'll, I'll keep an eye on that. And uh, we can talk about those too. So we're going to go through at least six of these. And you know we'll talk about whatever we need to talk about today. So here we go with number one. The first one, I, as you may have noticed, tend to be a fast talker. And so... So I, not only do I talk too fast when I go to record my videos, I'm also not, and I think this is a key mistake, I'm not leaving what I call breathing room during the recording. And so what's breathing room? Well, it, it depends on how you define it. The way I think about it is, is I'm going to say something and it's going to be maybe important, maybe it's not even that important, but I want to, you want to leave a little space around it, particularly as a, a phrase or a sentence so that if you make a mistake, you can edit and you know redo that piece and bring that kind of the next piece together. So it's much easier, especially when you're doing a polished video. If you're thinking about a video that is more polished, more professional, not a one-take wonder video. I do a lot of one-take videos. I do a lot of live videos. But even for my live videos, I need to leave more breathing room before and after statements, before and after sentences, because in the if there is going to be editing, I want to be able to condense that down. And I think this is one that a lot of us make. We just start going and we go through. If you're reading from a script, you just kind of read, 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 read. But what you want to do is be thinking about like, what's the space I can leave? And now the question becomes is, do you want to spend time editing? If you don't want to spend time editing, this tip isn't going to help you any. But if you're going to spend any time, the really great thing about breathing room is it gives you flexibility. It gives you flexibility to move pieces around later. If you, if you made like, Something you're like, man, this would be actually better at the beginning or the end or the middle, or I need to rearrange it. That makes sense. Or if you just you're like, I'm piecing things together and I don't know how long it's going to take. Breathing room is really helpful. So that's the, again, this is a mistake I make often. 
I'm often just kind of running through my lines, running through the things I need to say, not stopping to leave a little bit of space. The other problem here is if I do go cut something and I'm kind of running it together, I'm like, oh, that piece isn't really necessary, didn't add anything. If you don't have any kind of space around your, your phrases, your sentences, what happens is it makes it really tough to cut those things off, like cut pieces out. And so you want to give yourself a little space. Now, could you leave too much space? Well, not if you're editing because you can cut out a lot of space, but I think it's really helpful to think about this. So that's that's my number one is leaving yourself enough breathing room. Um, and I and I think it's so how are we going to fix this? Right. This, that's kind of the thing is if I'm doing this problem, I'm having this problem after 16 years. There's a couple things I've learned to do, and I, I don't do this all the time. That's why it's still a problem. Number one is I will take something like just a piece of paper, and I will take a Sharpie or a big black bold something marker, some kind of marker to make this very visible, and I will write on it, slow down and breathe. And those two things, if I can remember to practice them, and I'm actually, it is takes practice, if I do those things, my videos always turn out better. Yes, it adds a little bit of time because I want to clean up if there's too big of a space, but I find that I can, again, mesh pieces together better and I can be really much better at my editing and, and bringing it together. That breathing room is also kind of natural and you want your videos to sound natural. You don't want them to, you don't want to sound, and this might be dating myself. This might be a very cultural kind of US centric reference. Uh, you don't want to be the micro machine man who it was, a, it was a, these were little toy cars and the, the spokesperson was a guy who spoke really, really fast, kind of super speed fast. And so you don't want to do that, right? And you, and you want the breath in there. You want the pauses. Um, you want to be careful too. O overdoing it can, can cause problems. But I think, so this is really, again, number, the number one mistake I continually make. I've got to be very conscious about, I think a piece of paper with breathe, slow down are very helpful. The other thing is, is when you're going through your editing to listen, right? Really listen for, it, and you'll hear how that space, that padding, if you will, between, again, I, I think about it in terms of phrases and or sentences. It doesn't need to be between be every word. Cause then you'd be talking like this and that's, that's not what you want. That's, that's going to be a pain in the neck. But if you're thinking about those phrases, then leaving a little bit of space, it's going to be much easier. So that's a pretty easy one, right? Like it's just very kind of a thing that you need to learn to do. But I, I find that when I'm working with particularly with new people who are editing video or recording video, they want to go, they just want to get it out. Uh, very rarely do I have to say to anybody like, could you speed this up? Could you, could you go a little faster there? Um, I might say, bring up the energy and be, have more energy, but rarely am I saying speed up. I'm, it's usually saying, wow, that was really good. Can we slow it down a little bit? And don't forget to breathe as a reference to Mr. Miyagi there, Karate Kid. Okay, so that's one. Number two on my six mistakes that I typically make is spending too little time thinking about what to show. Now, this one, I, I think where I get caught up in my mistake, and the reason this is a mistake is I often think I'm just going to wing it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll come up with something. Or I just think, oh, I should just be on camera the whole time, which I'm, you know, during a live show, like talking to you all, that's what we do, right? And so 
But the thing about thinking about those visuals, if you really spend a little bit more time really thinking about it, it's gonna make your whole video production easier. Because when I when I know my visuals, I know what I'm gonna show, I I not only can I like whip through the editing faster, but I also when I'm delivering my lines, saying my voiceover, whatever it is, I can have that mental picture like, do I need to be reactive on camera? Or can I be emphasizing things differently because I don't need to be seen? And so you want to really play with that. But I think a series of questions I've come up with as I'm going through each piece is like, ask these types of questions. Are you showing you or your on-screen talent? So we got Garth and Christy with us in the live show today. Gentlemen, uh, you know, think about yourselves. Are one of you going to be on camera? Is it going to be me on camera? Is it going to be my guest on camera? And we want to say, okay, yes, that's a good thing. And so then we want to prepare for that. Two, are you showing an action or event? So if we're going to do like a how-to video on something, maybe it's like how to change your car battery in a certain model of car, think about what are the steps that you're going to show? What are the actual physical actions that you need to show? For instance, maybe... Uh, getting out a screwdriver to unscrew something to take off a, a clamp or a, a holder to un, you know unscrew the terminal pieces. You can tell I know so much about cars. Uh, so think about those action or events. If it's a screen recording, you know what are you showing on that screen? Are you showing an action like a click? Are you showing the mouse cursor doing something? Are you just showing up like a PowerPoint presentation with some contextual kind of uh, context or information? Um, so those, there's three things. You got talent, you've got action, you got screen content, and that again, screen content can be a lot of things. The other one is 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 there something that's gonna we'll call it B-roll. In this case, is there maybe a setup context? So we're, let's say we're gonna go shoot on location. We're gonna tell the story of one of your business clients. Um, maybe they're having great success using your product, or maybe you're it's an internal training and you want to show it's like, hey, we're in this particular area of the building. Maybe your B-roll is you're thinking about showing that context to set up and set the mindset of your viewer of where are they when they're watching this. Maybe you're talking about, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals. Maybe you're showing a process that needs to happen in the lab. Maybe you show know that there's kind of one main lab that does it. Maybe you show the outside of that building. Maybe you show going down the hallway. And then you can start thinking about like, okay, we probably should show our talent, on-screen talent, inside of the lab. Set them up, give them context. The viewer doesn't understand where you're at. You've got all this knowledge, this preconceived knowledge in your head as you're thinking about creating a video, as you're writing a script. But you have to think about what is your learner or viewer or audience, however you wanna classify them, what are they bringing into this situation? As a viewer, do they know where you're at? Do they know what they're getting into? Now, there is context that you can set before someone ever gets in the video, but understanding what you're gonna show on screen, because video, audio is really important. We love audio on the Visual Lounge. We talk about it a lot. Sometimes we fail at good audio. Some of our guests fail at good audio. Some, um, sometimes I fail at good audio, but that those visuals are super important, so we wanna be able to show that. And I think, uh, uh, I just want to acknowledge a comment from our audience. Garth says, nothing frustrates more than being mid-sentence recording and being interrupted with a ding and a pop-up notice. No one to blame but myself. Absolutely. Uh, that comes to, to knowing what you're going to show or what you don't want to show. I don't want to show you my uh, messages coming in from Slack from my teammates or, uh, you know, 
a uh, text message from my, my family or whatever it is. So you got to be thinking about what not to show as much as what to show. But I make this mistake all the time. And why do I make this mistake? Again, because I, I'm in a hurry. I think I don't have time to really think through. I'm just So I just want to wing it. Inevitably, whenever I do this, I end up spending more time searching for the right thing because it's honestly, it's really hard to find just stock good photos and videos. Now, you know, TechSmith Assets has a really great library. I love the, the website unsplash.com, free images there that are beautiful photography. And those work a lot of the time. But when you need something very specific, when you're in an organization, you're like, Ugh, those might not cut it or you're going to stretch it. I often do this with my PowerPoint presentations. I'm like, well, that seems kind of related. We're going to stretch and make this fit. And I don't mean resizing stretch, but I mean kind of conceptually stretch it. And so if you're thinking about that before, you can then go do that research and know exactly what you're going to show. So as you're writing your script, even you can be looking for this stuff and being like, yes, I'm going to show that image of that individual doing this thing, or Matt's going to reach in and he's going to turn the wrench or, you know, we're going to show, uh, Christy on screen and Christy is going to be there right in front of the Camtasia, uh, you know, a UI as he's talking about the thing that he's going to do, whatever it might be. So we want to really lay that out. And I, I can guarantee that as you do that, you're you're going to make better video productions. It will take a little bit more time and it, like kind of upfront. But in the long run, when I, I do this, I save time. And I'm always happier with my end result because the things that I'm showing make much more sense. And I, and I get like, we're in a time crunch world. This is like, oh gosh, Matt, you're not only have you asked me to slow down, you've asked me to show something. And so we understand that. But what we really are looking for is a little bit better production. And if you're just, you know, sharing a message with your teammate, I got a wonderful video. It was one minute long from a, a teammate today asking me a, a couple questions and he had, did a screen video. He didn't need to script it out. He, did, he, he knew what he was going to show me. It was just a screen record of our planning board and some questions about some tasks that needed to be done uh, for one of our teammates. And, you know, it wasn't hard. But when we start to get into the more complicated productions, that's what we need to think about. So the last thing I'll say about this, because I want to move on to number three, is don't forget video is powerful for a human to human connection. Now, in the research that I've looked at, when we're talking about learning, and I want to be very specific here, this is about learning, not about marketing, not about like convincing, persuasion. When it comes to learning uh, on camera video, such as a, a picture in picture video, picture of the professor, the, the lecturer, the, the trainer, whoever, doesn't actually improve learning. I'm gonna say it again. It does not improve the learning of the viewer to have someone on, on camera. But what it can do is it can improve the connection. So if if you see, uh, you know, let's say we had uh, Brooks Andrus on from the Camtasia team a couple weeks ago. If you see Brooks on camera and you know Brooks is an expert and you're like, I'm gonna listen to Brooks. It, so it can help, I think, with engagement and intention. We feel that connection with someone. I think that's really important. I don't want to ignore it. I just want to be clear that it, it doesn't improve learning, but it has these other values and properties. So it's something we don't want to ignore. We just want to be mindful about why and when we're using that as our visual. So right now, hopefully, we're making a connection. Uh, yeah, so that's two. So we've talked about slow down and leave breathing room. Two 
is spend more time thinking about and preparing what you're going to show. Now on to number three. Number three is I'm not aggressive enough with my editing. So it's kind of funny because I just said, well, I got to leave more space. It means, you know, like, so I'll have to edit if I'm doing that. But what I mean by this is that sometimes I just like, okay, it's fine. I'm just going to leave it. It's going to be really choppy or uh, I leave in the extra. You know, if I do get some breathing room, maybe I'll just leave it. Or I, I'm not being harsh enough about taking things out that my audience doesn't need. Now, I'm going to be really honest. In a live show, it is really hard to do that because it's kind of like stream of conscience. We're going, we're moving through it, especially with interviews. The guests are saying things like it's, when it's live, it's a little diff different, right? But when I'm editing, you want to think about, is that piece really needed? Has it fought? Has it scrappy fought for a place on this in, in your video? And if you're in the scripting stage, that's a, if you're writing a script, it's a great place to do this, right? Like make every word count, make every word worth something, make sure that it's got a place there because it has earned it. It's not just there because you think it's, oh, well, that sounds kind of good. It's a great turn of phrase. I love a good turn of phrase. But if it's not important enough for you, your audience to really need it, let's dump it. And I, I fall in love with my writing, my scripts, way more than I should because, you know, it's like my kids. They're mine. That's all there is to it. They're mine, so I love them. Uh, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're like, they're, they're weird. Sometimes they've got challenges. And I love them all the same. My words sometimes, I, 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 can be, I don't need to be as precious with them because they are not my children. They're just words. And I think we sometimes are making videos and we just don't cut. Don't cut enough out. Same when it comes to editing. We sometimes think we need more than we do because one, maybe we haven't done enough audience analysis. We haven't looked at what do they know already? What's the pre-context that they have coming into this? Have we primed them to learn this thing? Meaning, have we set them up that they understand that they're going to go learn about the acid cloud that could kill them? Or did we just jump, dump them into a training to say like, learn this thing because it's important. So if we're doing the right steps kind of pre again, uh, I think we can be a lot more vicious about cutting things out. And then sometimes I think we, we kind of linger. We let these additional things that uh, like, Oh, we need that. All, we need to show every bit and piece and step. And that might be true. I want to be careful because this is where we get, I don't want to get anyone in trouble where they're like leaving a step out. You know, that's maybe life saving, but what we can do is we really think about is, can I lead them to the next thing or do I have to be explicit here? And either way is fine, but I want us to be really hard on saying like, oh, gosh, it's, if it's going to be there, it's earned its place. We've really put it through its paces. And, you know, again, this is probably a time issue, right? We don't have a lot of time. We're busy. We've got a lot of meetings. We've got a lot of videos to review. We've got a lot of emails to write, whatever it is that you're bogged down with. We don't set enough time aside to really do that editing well. And so I think cut more, just cut more. And with that breathing space, it becomes a lot easier because you can take chunks out like phrases you don't need. You can, you can condense it down. Um, this is where we can start to think about like, uh, you know, even how do we get from point A to point B? What's going to be shown there? Do we care if there's like jump cuts or do we have to have transitions? Do we have to have all other stuff? We'll talk about transitions in a minute, but I really want us and to use the turn of an old phrase that's along with video editing is be willing to leave it on the cutting room floor.
Video, uh, there's a saying among video editors that video is never done. Uh, you just get to a point where you have to ship it, right? Uh, it's true for films. I think it's true for our, our own work, uh, for instructional work, for marketing work. It's like, ah, oh, gosh, there's 10 more things I could do this, but we gotta, we gotta go. But be willing in that process to say less is more. I, and I'm going to make a little bit of analogy here. And I don't know if it's perfect because I haven't read everything about this, but I heard the, uh, an upcoming movie that's a part of the Marvel series is going to be shorter than a lot of the movies that have come after I've come before it. And I think there's something to be said about that, right? Like let's leave more out more to the imagination, more, of course, more opportunity for Marvel to tell other stories, but for us leave more out. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's about it with that. Cause I think it's really just cutting out everything you can. You don't need it there. Uh, Garth, thank you. Nobody has an ugly baby according to them. Uh, true. Right. Right. That's how I feel about my scripts. None of them are bad until someone else edits them for me, then they're terrible. Okay, so that's our third one was being much more aggressive with editing. We're gonna go into for number four is, you know, this is one I, I, I definitely struggle with. Look for quick fixes and too many darn transitions. Uh, because again, I'm in a hurry, I'm looking for ways to cover things up. And so sometimes they get sloppy. And I, I used to teach a lot about uh, Camtasia, how to use Camtasia. And I remember being in some of my very early sessions teaching people. And this was the mantra we came up with. And I would proclaim to the audience, and I, 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 I think it still holds true, but I've been lured away by, I don't know, the dark side or the temptress of, of transitions. I used to say that you need one transition or none. The one transition is a fade. Uh, you can fade between clips that makes that can cover up some things and it works right beginning and end. You can put it between clips if necessary, but fade, you know, it's pretty simple. The other, if you do none, you can do cuts. Movies use cuts all the time. So I think it's very appropriate when it's someone talking on screen. YouTube has made, I think jump cuts much more acceptable, meaning that you're cutting between something they're saying. So you'll see a little twitch of them moving. Um, but I have to admit nowadays, I find when things just aren't maybe tight enough or smooth kind of cutting between one thing to the next, I have, I've leaned into using more transitions and too many types of transitions. Like, you know, you don't need seven different types of transitions. I don't need them, but I love some of them. Oh, please help me in my, my weakness because you know, there's the, I love, like, I love the glitch transitions in Camtasia because they just look cool. And it's like, Oh, it glitched. It looks like something changed. And it did because I changed the scene or I changed the, the, what was on screen. And so as you're going through and creating your video, as you're editing and you're, especially as you're, you're doing that thing where you're tightening it up and everything's fighting for its place on this page, the temptation is just to kind of cover up the mistakes or cover up the places where we want to be sloppy. And I think it's okay to do it. I, I, I really, I, this is not a don't ever do it, but I think the mistake is that I do it so much that I, I'm not, I'm not even scrutinizing it anymore. I'm just doing it. I'm not even thinking about what does that transition mean when it's seen on the screen? What does it mean? Why am I using a glitch transition? Is it glitchy? Is something wrong? Why am I using like these arrows kind of fading across? Those are cool too, but what's the meaning behind it? And we've lost sight of that. I think in some of our video editing, and again, when I say us, I mean me, because this whole show is like therapy for me because I'm talking about the things I do wrong. 
And so what I want us to do is you're going through and you're, you're tightly editing, you're breathing, breathing room. And if you're like, this needs something to help me to get from this point, maybe it's a step, maybe it's an idea to this point. What is the transition saying about that, right? Like, what is it that you're going to do? Don't just add a transition because it's cool. <sighs> Done that before. Don't just add a transition because you think it's like, well, make it less, looks better. Why doesn't it look good in the first place? What is it that you need to cut? What is it you need to change? Is it tightening? Is it loosening? Is it, is it bridging something else? Did, did you forget something there? Um, and so think about, just think through those things of what's going to help you to do that. Um, so transitions, use them sparingly. Uh, think about what their meaning and purpose is. Um, yeah, if it's really bad and you're just, you know, do you really need things to spin around and cover it up? Uh, maybe that's a point to say like, hey, why isn't this working? So uh, just evaluate that. But it's it's one of those ones. It's an easy trap to fall into. Again, I think transitions are using more than the fade transition is fine these days. I think we've come a long way. But I also look at what George Lucas did in a lot of his Star Wars videos. And again, we're talking that's a film. But sometimes it was like, whoa, why do we use that? Uh, so just have, uh, again, really good purpose. Okay, so that's four. We've gone through talking too fast and not enough breathing room, spending too much, not spending enough time thinking about what we're going to show, not being aggressive enough with editing and looking for some quick fixes with too many darn transitions. And now on to number five. But before we get to number five, let me just say this. If you didn't know this, uh, probably whenever you're listening to this, it might be sometime in the future. We just released Camtasia 2022. Camtasia 2022 is awesome. If you haven't downloaded it yet, I'm just going to recommend. I've got my Camtasia shirt on today. Go and try it out because, you know what? I am always amazed with what our teams can do with Camtasia and Snagit and all of our products. I'm always thinking about like, man, it's never going to get better than this. And then they go and make it better than this. Go check out the cursor paths that you can modify and adjust. You got cursor effects that you can make your, your videos. Talk about thinking about what to show. You can make your cursor really an impactful piece of your screencast videos. So go check out Camtasia. You can download it from, go to techsmith.com and you can download it from there. And, you know, we'd love to get your feedback. Tell us what you think. Tell us at the Visual Lounge what you think about Camtasia, what you think about today's conversation so far. Okay, moving on. Number five. Whew. This one brings up some bad memories. The mistake I make is not watching it before I, I render it or before I send it. So not doing that final watch through. Cause here's what happens. If you're doing a, particularly in a, a, a video piece that you've got lots that you've done, where you've edited, you've been spending hours and hours in it maybe. Hopefully you're not doing that in every video, but you got a big video, you're watching, you're editing through it. You're just get to the point where you're like, I never wanna see this video again. I don't care what it's like. I'm just, I'm just gonna send it. And here's what could happen. <laughs> Something shows up in it that maybe shouldn't be there. Maybe it's like, oh, that's the old piece or that's a wrong asset. That's wrong. That was a placeholder. Or I've done this one before too, where I've like had some different pieces, uh, cutting things out, piecing it together. Then way down the timeline, let's say it's a four minute video, way down the timeline at 20 minutes, which I was no longer paying attention to, there's a piece of media. And now you've just rendered out a 20 minute long video because Camtasia is like, probably a reason for the gap. So I'm just going to render everything on the timeline. And you're like, Ugh. and someone's like, why is your video 20 minutes long? So 
you know, I, I think it's it's a lot like proofreading your work, right? It's hard sometimes to proofread your work, but I recommend and don't make the mistake I've made because I made this mistake and things didn't it didn't work out every time. Sometimes I get away with it, and that's the problem. That's why I probably keep making the mistake because sometimes I get away with it. Watch your video one last time, start to finish without interruption before you render it. Look at it. Make sure everything is in place. Things are aligned. The transitions are firing off. And if you're in the Camtasia editor, and sometimes video editor, not just Camtasia, but lots of video editors have a struggle where things aren't always as smooth because you're it's trying to process a lot of things. Maybe you've got a lot of cuts, a lot of uh, assets on there. Maybe you've got you know multiple levels of annotations. You've got effects. It's got to render and kind of process all that in real time when you watch it back in the, in the video editor. So in that case, you might have to, to render it first, but just watch it back in its totality. Make sure that everything is the way you want it to be. And then you can do that final render. If, if you rendered it, you know, I always recommend even before you send it, before you publish it, before you do it, like have another pass at it. I like having other people take a pass at it too, but the thing is, you know what's supposed to be there, what's not supposed to be there. As you watch it, you know, sometimes what I find, it's not that there's anything wrong, but something will just kind of feel off. It's a little, I don't know, I call it a little niggle, right? It's like in the back of your head, it's like, oh, something, something at, at two minutes and 10 seconds just isn't working. It doesn't feel right. And maybe you can't be articulate enough to explain what it is, but go and look at that and then you can fix it. Uh, you know, I, I get where this gets problematic is when you have longer videos. You got a 30 minute video like today's episode of a live show. Am I going to go back and watch this? I should. Will I? Maybe not. Maybe I will, especially after I'm taking my own advice. So what we want you to do is uh, to avoid the mistake and avoid sending out something that will embarrass you or just be problematic or people are going to be like, huh? Like I've definitely done it where I've had the wrong audio track selected. Like I, I bring in particularly, I will record a voiceover. Maybe I've got scratch audio that I recorded in Camtasia. I've had it where I actually had that like turned off and people are like, why is your audio so bad? It's like choosing the wrong audio microphone when you're in like Zoom or something. People are like, why is your audio so bad? And so you want to, you want to rewatch it. Um, you know, did you miss anything? Did you forget to cut something out? Did you, did you show something like a username, password or uh, per personal identifying information that you did not want to show that needed to get blurred? Did, did something actually shift around? Like there's a little jump because you had it lined up one way and then it maybe got moved a couple pixels. Did you notice those things? So you don't want those to slip through. You don't, it doesn't look good. It's, you know, people will be nice. I'm sure and be like, Hey, did you know you, that's kind of messed up there. Hopefully they're telling you that. Hopefully people are watching it. Uh, but you just want to be really mindful of taking that step to really watching it again. And I know again, longer videos, it's a pain to do. If you have to, if you're like so tired of your video, you can't watch it one last time before you're ready to render. I can tell you it's not your best work yet. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but we'll, we'll go with it for today. Okay, so uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's it for the five. We've got one more. I'm just gonna stay again. If you have questions, you want to share with me your favorite, your favorite, favorite, your your biggest mistake that you're continuing to to learn from and to make in video editing. We'd love to hear from you at the Visual Lounge. You can email us or tag us on social. Again, that's the Visual Lounge at TechSmith.com or drop it in the chat if you're with us today. Okay, so number six. We've, we've gone through five and number six is this. This is my sixth mistake. The mistake I find myself making relatively often is this. I don't spend the time that's necessary. You'll notice a theme here, right? That's a time theme. 
but I don't spend the time necessary to go back and really analyze the video and what is and what isn't working. Now, the, part of the reason is, is we often have this mentality with videos that whether you're putting it in your learning management system, you're putting it on YouTube, you're sending it out to your company, whatever it is, we put it out there, it does its job, or it can just kind of keeps working and doing its job, and when we don't go back to it, we're like, okay, it's done. As a video editor, I understand that you're moving on to your next video project. Uh, as an instructional designer, you've got 20 other courses. Uh, Gar says, published is done, right? Yes, absolutely. That's what it seems like. But what we need to we need to do is build in time in that whole process and, and think about kind of process improvement. I've been thinking a lot about process lately. We emphasize so much the upfront analysis. We talk about our audience. We talk about our goals. What are they going to be able to do at the end of it? If it's a learning video, what do we want it to achieve? You know, all these things that we say, we're going to do all this work to understand so we make the right video. But then we fail to go and see, was it really the right thing in the right video? Did it give them the right message? Did they respond or resonate to it? And why don't we do it? Why don't I do that? One is time, right? Out of sight, out of mind, I've moved on to kind of the next things. But number two, depending on the platform you're on, this obviously becomes somewhat of a challenge. If you're working with a learning management system and they don't give you good video analytics, kind of like, I know that 100 people viewed it. How much did they view of it? Was it five seconds? Did they scroll, scrub to the end so they could get to the next button, move on? Or do you have a tool that gives you more analytics? Like where are they engaged with the video? Like, do they watch more or less? Do they rewind something because it was funny or because it was dumb or because it was a mistake, whatever it might be. You want to be able to look at these things and see what, what have people done with your video? Views are the easiest thing to measure. And there's nothing wrong with views. I think views is a useful measurement overall. And I think you look at it and you can see like kind of uh, from a kind of public facing standpoint, like, yep, people are, are, are looking at. I look at views for the, this, the show in terms of how many people watched a particular video, a live episode, you know, live and after the fact. But views are really only part of the story because of every platform is going to count views a little different. Is it three seconds? Is it five seconds? Is it 15 seconds that they watched? What, what counts as a view? And if you think about it, if someone only watches 15 seconds of a five minute video, what do they really get from that? Probably nothing. So if a majority of your audience is watching that, how are you going to know that that's successful? So you want to start thinking about what are the analytics? What are the things that you're going to do? Build that time into your project planning so that you have time to go back and look at it. Now, uh, you know, so if you're doing everything on YouTube, there's lots of really great analytics and you just, but you need to be looking at that. So there's a couple of things here. You can use this to help prep you for your next, whatever the next video is. And you got to leave yourself enough time, right? Like what's kind of that critical mass of how many views you need and how much time do they need? People need to watch it uh, before you can make this kind of assessment. But what's working in there? Did you try something different? Did you try some humor? Did you try people on camera? Did you try some B-roll? Did you try a, you know, a particular format or, or kind of use a template? And, and see if you can assess from the data that you have what's working. And if you're inside an organization, the, the benefit is you can literally say to your coworkers, give me some feedback. What, you know, maybe ask more specific questions. Did this work? How do you feel like you were able to learn from, what did you feel like you learned from this? How successful was this? You know, whatever the, there's the kind of low level assessment questions. I think you can get deeper than that as well. 
but you can start to see, did it have a real impact even? Great example. And this, this uh, interview is on the TechSmith Academy. If you go to TechSmith Academy and find the interview with Bob Pike, Bob Pike is a luminary in the tra training and development industry, been doing it uh, 50, 60 years. And one of the things he said in the interview to me, and I'm, this is not an exact quote, but th this is the idea. He said, like, when you make a video, a video and you have it say about like reducing scrap waste and you can go and start to see that scrap rate waste is being reduced after the video has been created. You that's real money, right? That is real dollars. And that, so this is what we want to be thinking about. So too often, I think me and many others skip this part of the analysis. And sometimes it's like, oh gosh, I don't really want to know if it didn't work. Was this a good episode? Was this a bad episode? Was this a good video, a bad video, whatever. And it's not about judging good or bad. It's about, did it meet the needs? And so you want to really think through how you're going to do that. What are the key measurements that you're concerned about? Maybe views is it. Is it time on, on video? Is it uh, kind of the overall engagement level? YouTube will even let you compare a similar length video to other videos, right? Like this video is 30 minutes. I can look and see like, were people more engaged with my video than the average 30 minute video? Um, you might look at kind of all the different things. If, if you're again, YouTube, are they subscribing? Are they liking, are they doing those things? Cause you want them to do whatever it is that you need them to do. Um, and you want to make sure your video is contributing to that. And if not figure out why I've told the story and I think it's worth telling again, uh, 2000, I'll say 14, we were going to, we had just launched Camtasia. I think it was eight and we had just launched the ability to remove the, like remove a color. So green screen basically in Camtasia. And we wanted to make a, an advertisement all about how to do, like how easy it is in Camtasia to do that. You know, there's no, it's not complicated. You just like pick a eyedropper, boom, the green is removed. Now the reality is obviously there's things you need to do with green screen to make that, that simple. But we, we made this fun video is kind of in the, the styling of a TV show called 24, which is now a little bit dated, uh, but it was like this action kind of spy thriller. I think I actually didn't see the show, the actual show, but we made this video and there was, we had some cool action shots. We had this one point, the briefcase opens up and like we had dry ice around this SD card and it goes, it was awesome. We put that video out there and we actually put some advertising dollars on it. So it was getting a lot of videos. I think we had a couple different iterations and one of them, 300,000, 350,000 views. That's a lot of views. And we are looking at the data in this. And we noticed that, our, you know, for an advertisement, most people stop after five seconds, right? So you see this big drop off, not unexpected. Five seconds and we saw we were getting really good retention rate until 30, like 37 seconds. The video length was actually about 51, 52 seconds long. So between something happened at 37 seconds that said, I'm people said, I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. And very few people got to the end of the video. The problem was, is we set all this story up in this short little 30 second, you know, 50 second video. You see kind of like all the stuff that's happening, but the reveal of how easy Camtasia's remove a color effect is, and that it's in Camtasia, we're at the end. So everyone that stopped at 37 seconds missed the punchline. They missed the key thing that I needed them to know as an advertiser, as the creator of this video and as a partner with TechSmith. So when we went to, and we looked at that, we're like, oh my gosh, what is going on at 37 seconds? In this story, the idea is that there's a presenter, he's got to make this big presentation and 
for some reason we need to show the green screen and he's going to do this cool video that's going to play back behind him with this person presenting data in front of the green screen. 37 seconds, we had an audience in this presentation room applauding him like, yeah, it's awesome, way to go. But what does applause mean? It means the video's over. It means we're at the end. People applaud at the end, right? You're at the uh, at the end of a show. You're at the end of a uh, play, a musical, a movie. People applaud at the end. So people thought the video was over. Why stick around for another 11, 12 seconds when it's over? There's no more story to tell me. And so we had to make changes. We realized from the data that that video was not getting the job done. 350,000 people saw it. And most of them missed a key piece of information. So this is what I, I you know, and I, I lived that experience and I still make this mistake that I don't go back enough and look and think and planned enough to do the analysis. So that's a lot of mistakes, guys. Talking too fast, not breathing, leaving enough breathing room, spending not enough time thinking about what I'm going to show, not being aggressive enough with my editing, looking for quick fixes and using just too many transitions to cover up my kind of lazy editing, not watching it again before producing it or sending it, and then not planning to do the analysis and looking at what is and isn't working. So those are my six mistakes. Again, I'd love to hear from everybody about what your mistakes are. What are the things you're struggling with? Uh, we would, I would love actually to, to, if there's enough of them, we can maybe, maybe we'll do a show about those mistakes. Maybe we'll put together a compilation and, and figure out ways to help people to solve those problems that they're having. We'd love to do that as part of the visual lounge. Now, as I mentioned last week, we are uh, coming up here on a little bit of a hiatus. We're going to take, I believe our last episode for about six weeks is going to be July 7th. We're still working through some details. I, I, you know, things could still change. Uh, we, our guests for next week's having some, uh, some conflicts. So we're, we're not, I got to change what next week's plan was, but we're going to, you know, get two more episodes after this. And then we're going to take about a six week break from the live shows. Uh, you know, we're not going to be completely gone. We might do a few things, little things here and there. We'd love to stay connected with you, but I just want you to let you know that that's the plan. And then we'll be, you know, again, about six weeks sometime kind of mid end of August, we'll be back. We're going to be re we're going to put our brain power on, see how we can avoid some of these mistakes and other mistakes that we've been making and make everything a little bit better for everyone to tune in and, and listen to. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Hopefully you're finding your own way, not making so many mistakes. And the great thing is, and we're firm believers in this. Whatever you're doing, whether you're making mistakes, you're hopefully you're learning from them because it's a great day to level up. So we'll see everybody next time. And thanks for joining us on the Visual Lounge. Mm -hmm.